Hi, church. Um, today, I would love to continue, as Toby said, our series on hope. And I'd love to talk to you today about hope for the future. I'm not sure about you, but I've been really enjoying this sermon series on hope. At the moment, I have uh, days and sometimes weeks where I don't really feel that much hope in my life. I feel a bit hopeless about what's going on in the world, not knowing, you know, what the future holds, feeling like I don't really have many social events to look forward to, not knowing what Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year, is actually going to look like this year. And when preparing for this sermon this week, I decided to put a, a question out on my social media. And the question was this, how does knowing Jesus at this time give you hope for the future. How does knowing Jesus at this time give you hope for the future? And I got quite a few responses, and I just wanted to read out a few of them to you today. The first one, I do not know what the future is, but I know who holds the future. This isn't the end or the final destination. This life is fleeting, and our hope is eternity. When everything is uncertain and out of control, knowing Jesus steadies me. It gives me peace that God doesn't abandon us and he will guide us through all tricky situations. He overcame the grave so he can overcome this. He has been reminding me that he's right here, right now. All the unknown is okay and the future will be what it will be. And my favourite Knowing Jesus reminds myself that he is eternal. Lockdown is very temporary. And so in looking at this passage that Andrew has just read to us in Revelation 21, today I'd love to boldly, together, attempt to think, to pray, and to look to the future with hope. And I think this passage, it reminds us of diff several different elements of the hope that Jesus offers us. And it highlights some of the promises that Jesus makes to us, his people. And so as we look boldly together to the future, I want us to claim together this statement. Our great hope for the future is that God's promises will come true. Our great hope for the future is that God's promises will come true. The Bible is full of God's promises. Everett Storms, who was a school teacher in Canada, he read the Bible 27 times over the course of a year and a half. I'm not sure how he had time to eat or sleep, but he read it 27 times over a year and a half. And he, he counted that the Bible contains 8,810 promises. 7,487 of those promises are made by God to humankind. An amazing thing about God's promises is that they're unlike any kind of human promises. They're completely selfless and they're 100% trustworthy and true. And in this passage in Revelation today, we see four of these promises. The context of this passage is John explaining what the future New Jerusalem will be like. But these promises um, are also mentioned in other parts of scripture and are relevant for us today. 
The first promise in verse 3 is that God is with us. God is with us. We're coming up to Christmas, as being talked about today. Um, I love Christmas, and I know as some of you have been watching, um, getting in the Christmas spirit is very exciting. Some people have got Christmas decorations up. I haven't quite got my Christmas decorations up yet. I do love a Christmas movie. I'm with Sarah on the holiday. Um, and at Christmas, we celebrate God Emmanuel. And God Emmanuel, Emmanuel means God with us. And so what does it mean that God is with us? Well, from a global perspective, it means that God is at work in creation. He's not a God of deism. He doesn't kind of, he hasn't created the world and left. He is at work within the world. He has a plan for creation that he's working out. And it means that nothing that happens is apart from his purpose. And if we've invited Jesus into our life, this idea of God with us has a special perspective. It means that God in the person of the Holy Spirit is with us in a very personal and intimate way. The God of creation lives within us. He's there to comfort us in challenging times, to teach us in his ways. And he's there to enable us to serve him because he loves us. And this means we're not alone. Even in the darkest times, he has promised to be with us. We can, tr we can trust that no matter what might come along, he will keep us safe. And when we know this, when we truly allow this promise to sink into our hearts, what will our response be? Some of you uh, will know that I have a dog called Rassi, um, and he's, he's wonderful. I'm quite obsessed with him. I don't really have much else to do with my time at the moment, apart from spending time with my dog. So um, he's, he's slightly, uh, I'm slightly obsessed with him. And actually, he, to be honest, not to flatter myself, he's kind of a, quite obsessed with me as well. He literally follows me around the house everywhere I go. Like, I'll be sat at my desk, and I'll be, like, working away, and I'll turn around, and he'll literally be there like staring at me, or I'll go upstairs for, I don't know, to do something and come back downstairs and he'll be sat at the bottom of the stairs literally staring at me like this. It's kind of cute, it's kind of intense as well, but I kind of like it, it's, you know, we're like companions. Anyway, I've been thinking about a bit about well, why he does this, and of course he loves me in the way that dogs love their owners, but also it's because I'm his leader. I'm the kind of source, really, of all the good things in his life. You know, I feed him, I take him for walks, I comfort him, I, I'm basically kind of the, the, the sole person in his life. Obviously, Matt, my husband, he helps out as well, but I'm the main person that does all these things for him. And so, Rassi's response to me is like complete adoration. He just wants to be with me wherever I am, apart from potentially if there's like leaves flying around because he's obsessed with leaves at the moment. When we accept the promise that God is with us, that he loves us, that he provides for us, that he wants to give us all these things, our response will be that we want to be in his presence all the time, to look to him in times of need and to follow his way in our lives. The second promise we read about in verse 4 is that God will wipe away pain and suffering. 
last week I got to do some uh, training, some prayer ministry training with our LDYers. Big up the LDY teams, Mel's over there. Um, and it was a really fun session. It was on prayer ministry. And in this session, I talked about um, how when Jesus came to earth, what happened is kind of like a new reign, a new age begun in the spiritual world. The kingdom of God was manifested on earth. And of course, the most profound part of this demonstration of the new age was what happened on the cross, the death and resurrection of Jesus, which um, brought you know, freedom from the powers of sin and death. But what Jesus didn't do was announce that the battle was over, that the kingdom was fully kind of evidenced, that we would no longer struggle with sin and evil and pain and suffering. However, here in this passage in Revelation, we read about what is to come in the future, in the new Jerusalem. Jesus promises that one day there will be no more pain and suffering and mourning. One day the earth will return to the kind of like Eden-like state that it was before. And this is what God has promised his creation. And especially at the moment in this world where we've got COVID and so many things happening, this is such a hope for us to hold on to for the future of our world. The third promise we read about in this passage in verse 5 is that God is trustworthy and true. I read a quote in an um, article the other day that says, hope believes that God is not done. Hope believes that God is not done. And hope in the Old Testament is often linked to kind of patient endurance, whereas in the New Testament, hope is often, uh, more often linked to kind of looking to the future, to what is to come. So for example, um, Paul, he, he often parallels hope with trust. You know, he, ho he hopes um, to send Timothy and trusts in the Lord that he himself will come. In Hebrews, um, in a passage that talks about the confidence we can have in God's promises, it mentions taking refuge by seizing the anchor of hope that is set before us. And the way that we sustain hope in our lives, the way that we keep hope for the future is to trust in the right things. Not our circumstances, not vaccines or our rates or all these sorts of things. Our, the way to keep hope for the future is to trust in God, in his promises. And the final promise we read about in this passage is in verse 6, that God gives us living water. As part of uh, my pregnancy at the moment, I'm, uh, I get leg cramps quite a lot at night. I'm fine, it's perfectly normal part of pregnancy, but it's a bit annoying. And, um, but what I've discovered is if I wake up in the middle of the night and I've got these leg cramps, I basically have to breathe in and out really deeply, really quickly. And as a result, um, the pain, the tension in my muscle eases so much more quickly and, and it, it, does, it really stops it much, much quicker. And I kind of see this a little bit as like a picture of what the Holy Spirit does sometimes when he's working in us. When we choose to engage with the Spirit, inviting it into our lives, focusing on receiving it really deeply, it can help us to cope with pain and suffering. It can heal us and it can offer us hope for the future. 
What John is saying here is that when Jesus comes back, he will give us the water of life so that we can live forever with God in the new heavens and the new earth. However, for now, the Holy Spirit is kind of like the deposit of that living water so that everyone who believes can be filled to live and work today. We've been given this gift, the Holy Spirit, to sustain us, to bring us hope for the future. When we look in scripture, hope for the future is how we can respond to the promises of God. Abraham, he was an amazing example of this. Even when he was really old, he had confidence that God would fulfill his promises. Romans 4 verse 18 says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Abraham in hope believed. So in, in this week ahead, if you are feeling hopeless, and I know this is true of a lot of people at the moment, I've spoken to lots of people this week who are feeling like that, please know that you are not alone. But also, can I encourage you to look to the Bible, to those 7,487 promises made by God to humankind, to be encouraged and reminded that God loves you, that he has a plan for you, for your, for your future, that his promises will come true and that he is ultimately trying to make and will make all things new. Amen. I'm going to now just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you offer us hope for the future. We thank you that we can look to your word. We can read the promises that you have given us and that these can be words that sink into our heart, that help us to look to the future with hope, to not be stagnant, to believe that you have better, that you have plans for us that are good, plans for us, for us to prosper. Holy Spirit, for anyone watching today right now who might feel hopeless, I just pray right now that your living water will come and pour into their heart and give them such hope for the future. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.